You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello, Habs and Laval Rocket fans. Welcome to this week's episode of the Press Zone Podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media, of course, and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. So glad that you are here with us today on this Tuesday. How is it October 18th already? How, like, we blinked and we're already all the all the most all the way through the month of October. I don't know how that happened. Uh, it's just flying by, lots of great hockey, and uh, we've got lots of fun stuff to talk about today. Uh, I'm your host of the show, Amy Johnson. I'm the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. And uh, Rick Stevens Rick Stevens might be joining us uh, next week. We'll see uh, if he's going to pop into the studio next week because we've all missed hearing from Rick Stevens, our editor-in-chief, founder and president here at Rocket Sports. But uh, I'll have the helm with you today. We're going to talk a bit about the Laval Rockets opening weekend of the regular season uh, and tell you how they did, uh, what kind of news happened down on the farm in the AHL. And then in our second segment, of course, we've got the AHL hot stove and Patrick Williams will be joining me here in the studio. We've got lots to talk about, including, uh, you know, Philip Meshar playing in the AHL. Uh, possibly, we don't know yet if Yuri Slavkovsky is going to. And they're just uh, two of many first round draft selections who find themselves uh, or could find themselves in some cases in the AHL this season. Patrick and I are going to talk about that and just take a look at how opening weekend around the whole league went. Uh, lots of a uh, couple of a ex- couple of fun stories to talk about there. So I'm looking forward to getting into that with you. Uh, As I mentioned, though, it was opening weekend for the Laval Rocket. They, of course, uh, played on Friday and Saturday night, uh, got to open the season on home ice at Place Bell on Friday night for the first part of a home and home against the Belleville Senators. So including the game that they played in the preseason, uh, including playing uh, against, uh, you know, Ottawa's rookies in the the rookie tournament in Buffalo in September, the Laval Rocket and Habs, Habs prospect guys have seen an awful lot of the Belleville Senators and and guys that make up that roster. Uh, And so they got them twice last weekend. Um, And, you know, it's one of those things we've talked many times about the fact that uh, Laval went on a very special run last year. Uh, They had a a veteran, very strong defense core uh, that did not change very much throughout the season. Uh, and uh, they had they had some offense in in places as well, and they went on a very special run in the postseason, going all the way to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Final, uh, 
And as exciting as that was, uh, just one win away from going to the Calder Cup Championship Series, um, we also knew to temper our expectations for this season, that things were going to look very different. J.F. Uhl even said that in his exit interview uh, in in June, uh, in late May or June, when, when talking about this season, because things were going to shift. There were going to be a lot of prospects coming into Laval this year, uh, and particularly with Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon taking up the mantle for Montreal, a shift to development was going to take place. So there was going to be some priorities changing around. Um, and so we have we've known for a while that uh, we still expect the Laval Rocket to be a competitive team, but we don't necessarily expect a repeat from last year. Um, and uh, we certainly didn't expect them to simply pick up where they left off uh, in that Eastern Conference final series against Springfield. And and that certainly ended up being the case. I mean, they lost both of their preseason games um, to Belleville and to Toronto. Um, but, you know, OK, that's the preseason. You still have a bunch of ECHL guys in your lineup and, and things of that nature. So maybe that's that's not truly an indicator. Well, these two st- games that they played in their uh, home opener and then the second game of the season, which was the Belleville Senators home opener, uh, they dropped both of those as well. So through four games played in both the preseason and two in the regular season, uh, the Laval Rockets still looking for their first victory of the season. Um, Friday night's uh, home opener was uh, more of a tightly played game to an extent um they they took that one to overtime but that was really because of a third period push that happened uh belleville was actually up on them uh 5-2 and uh, they managed to to get together three goals in the third period to tie things up and force overtime where belleville ultimately came out as the winner um but some may have been a little surprised to see Belleville uh, dominate a little bit. Uh, Caden Primo was in net for for Laval. At the other end of the ice, it was Belleville's uh, very talented Mad Sogard minding the net there. And in fact, Mad Sogard went out of the game with an injury five minutes into the game. Uh, Raphael Harvey Pinard coming through the crease, uh, trailing a puck, and and unintentionally, uh, Sogard was down in the crease, and and Harvey Pinard accidentally. Um, made contact with with Sogard's head with his knee um it, not intentional at all it was just a, kind of an unfortunate play but it did take mad Sogard out of the game and so suddenly 5 minutes into into the first game of the season Belleville finds themselves getting Kevin Mandelis off the bench and getting warm and getting into the lineup uh so a bit of a a goaltender shakeup right at the start but Belleville still held strong. A uh, couple of Caden Primo's goals against uh, I didn't love. Uh, he has he struggled in the preseason up with Montreal, uh, and I wasn't completely thrilled with his performance on Friday night um, either. So hoping that's just kind of a glitch and that he's going to even things out now uh, soon. We'll get a better feel for that this coming week. But, um, you know, it was certainly all eyes. Place Bell was packed. Uh, the fans really came out. Everyone, of course, excited to see Philip Meshar. Uh, speaking of things I wasn't thrilled about, Philip Meshar on the fourth line uh, to the right of Jan Meshak, who was also uh, taking up centerman duties on the fourth line, um, was uh, was a little, for me, um, 
you know, with all of the, the rumors from Kent Hughes and so forth that Meshar would likely be heading to the OHL, I would have liked to have seen him get a get a shot maybe a little higher in the lineup just for this one game. Uh, he wasn't deployed very much in the third period when they were trying to make a comeback, which uh, JFE Ole even, even admitted that uh, after the game, saying that he didn't, uh, he didn't see the ice as much in the third period because, uh, you know, some of his his uh, favorite veterans, such as uh, Gignac and Martel and Belzeal, uh, even uh, Anthony Richard, a kind of a newcomer, uh, he said that those guys had all, you know, were hot and were getting going and they were trying to get back in the game. And so um, Philip Meshar didn't get as much ice time in the third period. Again, you know, I it'll be curious for me to see if that kind of decision-making uh, continues throughout the season, uh, whereas you know, or, or whether or not management from up top will, will step in and say, okay, but, but the prospects still need to get, uh, to get that ice time out there and get that valuable experience. You know, if, if it doesn't end up in a win and you can't tie it up and force overtime and get the win, so be it. But, but the prospects need to get out there or if, or if they'll, they'll say, okay, no, JF, we're, we're, we're fine with, with that kind of uh, approach and philosophy. It'll be, it'll be interesting to watch that for sure. Um, Mad Sogard left that game early because of an injury. Mitchell Stevens for Laval left that game uh, relatively early as well with uh, a game misconduct. Um, and that game misconduct would end up coming with an automatic one game suspension. Uh, and so he had a very short weekend uh, for the Laval Rocket. Uh, in fact, one of the things that we saw a lot in the two in just two games of the preseason uh, was Laval had a lot of difficulty staying out of the penalty box. Um, Again, I kind of chalked that up to, okay, it's preseason. It's guys, a lot of guys in the lineup from Trois-Rivières who are trying to make an impact, you know, that type of thing. But we saw uh, in both games this weekend, the penalty issue was, you know, again, JF Wool after the game said, you know, we saw, we took a lot of penalties again. Um, and this is not certainly a trend that uh, is is going to be sustainable to continue. In fact, in the opening weekend, the Laval Rocket has basically comes in in the standings fourth overall in the entire AHL for penalty minutes over the weekend, um, which I mean, that's <laughs> that's not exactly the uh, the stat that you want. I can tell you uh, that they came in with 39 penalty minutes in just two games played. Um now, granted, one of in one of those games, Mitchell Stevens had you know a ten minute game misconduct in there, so that's going to skew it a little bit. But still, uh, they did not stay out of the penalty box, and they got burned for it a couple of times. Um, so it will be uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens this week. Uh, that second game they played in Belleville, they lost that one six to three. Uh, Belleville getting two empty netters uh, late in the game, which kind of sealed the deal for Laval there. So still looking for a win, but they've got three opportunities this week to change that. Uh, they come back home for a Wednesday night tilt against the Springfield Thunderbirds. So there will be a little bit of an edge to that game, I'm sure, after what was uh, quite an emotional uh, seven-game Eastern Conference final series. Uh, there's going to be, you know, Springfield's going to be looking to uh, kind of 
continue their winning ways over Laval. Laval's going to be looking for, for a bit of revenge, so that'll be a fun game at Place Bell on Wednesday night, and then Laval hits the road for two games over the weekend, uh, heading down to the Northeast in the United States, uh, visiting the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins on Friday night. Uh, by the way, uh, Xavier Willett now plays there, so their former captain will be on the other side of the ice on Friday night. Uh, and then Saturday night, just a short trip to Connecticut to take on the Bridgeport uh, Islanders. I almost said Sound Tigers. They've changed. <laughs> They're not the Bridgeport Sound Tigers anymore. They are now the Bridgeport Islanders. Uh, and so two, three games this week for, for Laval and, and three games against opponents who are not named the Belleville Senators, which I think is a big relief for the players uh, and fans alike. So a bit of a, a telling week ahead. It'll be fun to watch and you can, you can bet that we'll have uh, full coverage of each game as it happens live on on our AHL Report Twitter account, which is at the AHL Report. And then uh, post-game for each of those games, be sure to head over to AHLReport.com where you'll find our full comprehensive game recaps, uh, getting you all in the know of what's uh, what's happening in Laval with the Laval Rocket. A um, couple of noteworthy things in the news column for Laval. Um, Schooneman and Primo both... Uh, took a little bit of a trip back and forth to, to the Canadians this week. Uh, Jake Allen, of course, going on parental leave on Monday uh, due to the uh, pending uh, very soon to be birth of his daughter, who congratulations to Jake Allen uh, and and his partner that uh, welcomed a baby girl. Uh, so Primo was Primo was called up uh, to Montreal to back up Sam Montembeau from Monday night's game at the Bell Center. Uh, but he has since been sent back to Laval now that Jake Allen will be back. Um, same thing, uh, probably just to uh, maybe bank a little bit against the cap. They sent Corey Schooneman down to Laval uh, on Monday and have recalled him back as of Tuesday. So that's the only roster shuffling that's been going on. However, um, on the back end for Laval already... Uh, they've lost a player for the season. Gianni Fairbrother, uh, apparently in that second preseason game, the one against Belleville, uh, sustained a season-ending right knee injury, uh, which is just terrible, just awful news for Fairbrother. Uh, you know, he had uh, some injury issues last year as well. He's just not been able to stay healthy. And it's really unfortunate when you have a, a promising prospect uh, taken out for the entire season in a preseason game. Um, really has to be a, a gut punch for, for Gianni. And uh, we're just wishing him a speedy recovery and, and hoping that he'll be able to get back on his feet again very soon. Um, it's going to be, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot to, uh, there's a lot to watch. Uh, it's fun. It was fun this weekend getting to watch some actual prospects playing in Laval. Um, you know, Otto Leskinen looked uh, terrific. Matthias Norlander looked very good as well. Uh, Madison Bowie coming out with a with a two point night on Friday night uh, was was fun to watch to watch that as well. Uh, Jesse Ullinen looking very comfortable in the top line. I would imagine for the forwards, he'll be one of the first recalls uh, when when that is made available. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a fun year to watch the Laval rocket. They will see how, how successful they are in the win column, but just like the, the NHL club, it's going to be really fun to just watch the development of these prospects and watch them start to light up things in the American league. 
Um, so be sure to, to bookmark AHLReport.com. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. We'll have updates for you each and every week. And uh, what we're going to do right now is take a quick break. You're going to hear a message from our sponsors over at DraftKings. And when we come back from that, Patrick Williams is going to join me in the studio for this week's edition of the AHL Hot Stove. We're going to talk a little bit about the Slovak trio who were drafted in the first round uh, this past summer and uh, how and when and why some of them are already finding themselves playing in the AHL. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Press Zone podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Now, you know, we cover the Habs here. uh, But, you know, for me personally, I'm a fan of hockey in general. So I love to use DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, you know, to set up uh, kind of some my my favorite picks for for opening weekend and see if we could get some same gay parlays going on. In fact, if it's not enough excitement for you to bet that $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. That's what I like to do. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and and lots more options for your shot at an even bigger payout. Now, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. I use it. It's so much fun. Uh, and I don't make big bets. I bet like 25 cents at a time. Like it's it, it's very reasonable. And you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Press Home Podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I am your host, Amy Johnson. You can, if you'd like to follow me on uh, Twitter, you can do so at Flyers Rule. Uh, but more importantly, follow this podcast at The Press Zone on Twitter, uh, as well as the at the AHL Report Um Always lots of great information, particularly this time of year, particularly when the the Laval Rocket are many times playing on the same night that the Habs are playing. You can watch the Canadians and then you can follow at the AHL report on Twitter and still keep an eye on what's happening with the prospects in the AHL. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we officially have the first season of the AHL year under our belts. And who better to help us kind of round up all the action that took place across the league in this opening uh, weekend of the 2022-23 AHL season, but none other than the Patrick Williams. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks. I think we I think we survived the open the first weekend, I think. <laughs> It's a start. It's a start. It's not pretty. It's not pretty for the teams and not pretty for the media sometimes. I know. It's uh, it's kind of just uh, thrown back in. 
and and away we go. Um, what was you know for 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 fans you know hockey is back so around the league just taking a look you know lots of lots of home openers around the league um and and it seemed like you know in certain places we certainly saw Laval was was packed uh for their home opener on on Friday night um generally it seemed uh pretty much around the league that uh that fans were excited to get back into AHL buildings yeah um excellent attendance right off the bat um your usual suspects grand rapids cleveland providence all all put up really good opening night numbers which you know is is a sign that uh you know i think you know with the pandemic now at the two and a half year mark um you know attendance last year you know you had even you know you had some good periods but remember there was you know the mid-season I won't call it a shutdown, but it was at times almost felt like a shutdown. Um, uh, now it seems like things are more back to normal. Um, so bit by bit, uh, the business is starting to recover from what was, you know, very damaging, obviously. And, uh, mm-hmm. that's, you know, let's be honest, there's a whole off ice component to all this. It's not just what's going on, you know, on the ice. It's, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of money to run this whole operation and, um, that's a big thing for these AHL teams that frankly got hit really, really hard. For sure. Um, and we, we saw over the weekend, as you say, uh, you know, people were, were quite excited to, to get back into rinks. We've had, uh, over the course of the weekend, we've got a couple of teams, uh, a handful of teams that are undefeated so far in the season. Uh, the Providence Bruins, the Hershey Bears, the Belleville Senators, Charlotte Checkers, San Jose Barracuda and Cleveland Monsters all going two and zero over the weekend. So always exciting when you get uh, you know we we were, we we think back fondly to that hot run that Utica went on. What was it? Twelve mm. games to start the season last year. You wonder if if anyone's going to come close to even trying to repeat that this year. You do, um, and there's the old adage that you know a win opening weekend counts as much as a win on, you know, the final weekend of the regular season. And you know, obviously yeah, it's true. Um, but I think more so it also just sets the proper tone um, for teams uh, to get that first win out of the way. Um, get some confidence for your players um, early. Don't, don't let them, you know, like what, three years ago, San Diego started 0-6, for example. And yes. Like, <laughs> to their credit, they were able to dig out from that. And they, you know, but it took them going on a heck of a run Right. Uh, to both undo the damage in the standings, but also I think just to get, especially some of those younger players, get them uh, uh, back on track, or at least not even back on track, on track for the first time. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, confidence at this level is such a huge thing. And, um, you know, players, I mean, they come in and you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ego massaging that has to go on, right? A lot of them have been cut from the NHL camp, you know, when they thought they were going to stick there. They come down here, and now they're if if they're getting their doors blown off down here, that's where. Um, if you're not careful, you can really run into confidence issues uh, for, for young players, and uh, you know that's that's a huge part. Uh, and you know, let's be honest, you can tell players, you know, st- stay the course, you know, follow follow the plan, all that, but. Uh, wins help sell that message a lot more than uh, pretty much anything else you can do. For sure. And uh, if there's one thing that we can definitely celebrate 
after this first weekend is that anyone, whether it's you and I in the media, fans at home, anyone who wants to check the standings and they go to the AHL.com and click on standings, you just get to look in the points column now. <laughs> no more points percentage. Thank you. I... <laughs> As a rem- my thanks for for that every day. Uh, yes. Nice, orderly, um, common sense, you know, at a glance thing, right? Like you don't need to sit there and break out the calculator and, you know, break down percentages. And how much is this win worth percent wise? Uh, That's right. It's As- easy, right? Like you could just, you could write it on a, on a, on a whiteboard and everybody could look at it and immediately understand what's going on. It's just points. It's just points because as a as a refresher for our listeners, uh, this is the first year finally that all 32 teams in the AHL are playing the same number of games. Everybody's playing 72 games, which means they can throw points percentage out the window. I mean, it's there. You can look at it, but it doesn't determine seating and standings anymore. It's just strictly points like they do in the NHL. Yes, it's just nice, you know, like like anything I think in sports especially any and this is the league that obviously relies on, you know, casual fans and, uh, you know, and fans that, you know, from the NHL level that are kind of just pop it in and see what's going on. You want it to be as easy and as, as explainable as possible from the get-go, right? Like, you know, just something that uh, you could you could write it up on the back of a, you know, a slip of paper and you, you could fit it there. Whereas, like, last year, my God, you know, like, you needed a, a flow chart, it felt like, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Just to figure out, like, the standings. I mean, one of the most basic things you could have, right, in the league, any league, any sport, is the standings. And they were really complicated last year. And I say that as somebody that follows them every single day, <laughs> as you do as well. And um, it was complicated, right? Like, even coming down, you know, even coming down, like, the stretch, the playoff races right where you know you're you're trying to draw up interest for fans but then you then you get bogged down with all this like well you know this team plays three more games because they only actually play 72 but that team plays 76 and if you look in the other conference they only play 68 i mean like you you could just see people's eyes glaze over right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you don't want that right like you want to you want to keep it easy and, and simple for fans and you don't want it to feel like you're, you know, filling out your, your taxes or something. That's right. Uh, in other excitement around the league, there were some pretty notable things going on this weekend. Uh, definitely not the least of which was the inaugural games for two new franchises. Um, one of which is a, is a franchise that simply moved from one city to a new city. The other one, though, being a brand new franchise to enter the league and become the 32nd AHL team. Uh, and that is the the Calgary Wranglers and the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Uh, lots of pomp and circumstance uh, welcoming those two teams into the league this, this weekend. Yeah. A, ni- a nice little bit of scheduling uh, to get the, the, the two new kids on the block uh, matched up against each other. Um, and with Coachella Valley, for example, I mean, they're, they're on the road for the first two and a half months, or mm-hmm. I guess roughly two months of the season uh, while their building is finished. So they're, they're actually basing out of Seattle where the parent team plays, um, using the practice facility there, and then they're going to play four games in that area uh, later this month. Um, so it made a lot of sense, uh, you know, 
you can put them in in a matchup with with Calgary, um, you know, and, and have the two the two new uh, faces uh, meet each other. And, um, and their opening game was a heck of a game. Uh, it was a six five Coachella Valley win. Um, at one point, it was a five one game. Calgary pushed back, came, came back, almost tied it. Um, and uh, Dustin Wolf, who you know last year was what, first team All Star, mm-hmm. um, Rookie of the Year, and top goalie of the year. He got pulled. Now, I, I wouldn't necessarily blame him, but, you know, it's still notable that, uh, you know, a goalie of that caliber, a future NHL goalie, um, you know, opening opening day is, you know, you know, knocked out of the game after five goals. On, uh, I think it was like 20, 25 or 26 shots. So um, it was a, um, it, it was, I think the fans, you know, for Calgary, where you're trying to sell this um, to them for the first time, I mean, they certainly got an entertaining um, product, uh uh, seven goals in the second period. I mean, so yeah, had a little bit of everything. You had, had a, yeah, a fight, you know, like, yeah, so uh, kind of a, a good way to, to welcome new fans in. And um, yeah, it's, it's a great uh, development, I think, for, for, for hockey fans in Calgary that, um, you know, obviously NHL games are not uh, affordable uh, for, for most families, right? Sure. And, um, you know, and you have, you have the hitman there, you know, from the, WHL, but uh, you know this offers another opportunity. Um, you know, where you can see pro hockey. Um, you can there's a direct connection to the to the Calgary Flames, obviously with the affiliation, and um, you can bring those fans in at a decent price. And you know the the uh, the upper bowl uh, was closed, so everyone's sitting downstairs. You know, which for for most people, I mean, how many times you get an opportunity to do that? Yeah. So uh, I thought it was a very good uh, introduction. To kind of what the American Hockey League is all about, because there, 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 there is still a lot of, uh, um, I guess you know, it's not always the most known league, right? Like obviously everybody knows the NHL and mm-hmm. you know, in Canadian markets, like like Calgary. I mean the, the the junior game is obviously you know pretty well known, but HL is kind of always you know I call it the middle child syndrome. It's always kind of been in the middle. Of it. <laughs> That's right. It everybody kind of looks just overlooks it. overlooks it. That's right. Yeah. But like this was an opportunity for that that middle child to you know put their hand up and say, "Hey, me, me, over here," and uh, you know, you know, put on a pretty good show. So I thought it was a uh, uh, a really good start uh, for the Calgary Wranglers, and then obviously Coachella Valley. I I see them being one of the top teams in the league this year. I mean, you look at the roster they've put together. Um, well, they're coached by Dan Bilesma, so. Hit Dan Bilesma, yeah. That doesn't that doesn't hurt Before, things. <laughs> Jack Adams, winner. Uh, yeah, Joey Decord coming in, uh, um, who was excellent last year. So yeah, you have a lot of things uh, going for you. Uh, Andrew Polarowski, back to back scoring champ, uh, is kind of leading the way there. You have an excellent back end. So uh, that's one of the nice things, I guess. You know, from at least from a wins loss standpoint, uh, when you're the affiliate of a semi-brand new NHL club is that um, that whole kind of cycle of draft picks hasn't really made its way in yet. Um, so you're you're a little bit more free to uh, go out and sign some some high-end vets and um, you know kind of sprinkle the roster with some you know uh, young free agents. So kind of a, a good mix that way and uh, you know I was very impressed with what I saw from Coachella Valley uh, at least in game one anyway. 
The other way that that the AHL is really doing that whole put their hand up and say, hey, you really ought to take notice of of me. Um, And it seems to be happening a bit more this season. And and I'll I'll ask your opinion if you think this is going to be a continuing trend in future seasons, is that we're suddenly now seeing uh, an uptick in the prevalence of first round draft picks uh, being sent to the AHL out of NHL training camps. Uh, we we know at, at for for Montreal, we know that Uri Slavkovsky's tenure in Montreal is still a question mark as to whether or not he's going to be sent to Laval. We saw Philip Meshar get sent to, to the AHL uh, about a week and a half ago, and he did get one game in before he was sent to the OHL. We've seen uh, you know, it, talking about the Slovaks in the first round uh, this this year, the, the rounding out the trios, uh, Simon Nemitz uh, for New Jersey, also playing uh, in the AHL now with Utica. Uh, can you just talk a bit, Patrick, about um, the prevalence we've seen this year? And it's not just those two teams. The prevalence that, that we've seen around the league this year of first round draft, draft picks in their first NHL camp being assigned to the AHL and how that helps the AHL get more more kind of viewers and, and get it mm-hmm. noticed a bit. So from the 2022 drafters, um, well, there was five uh, first round picks. Mishar, Philip Mishar was uh, obviously sent back to Kitchener, so that bumps it down to four. But like you said, uh, Slavkovsky might eventually find his way to Laval, which would bump it back up to five. Um, there were, uh, on opening night, six players, uh, from the first round of the 2021 draft, including, uh, six overall, um, Simon Evanson and Grand Rapids, who it's a very kind of a weird fact. They've had now three, six overall picks who were 18 come through Grand Rapids since 2018. Uh, there was Philip Zadina. Uh, then a year later, there's more cider, and now this season there's Ed, Ed Vincent. So uh, kind of a little weird um, little fact. And then from the 2020 draft, uh, there's eight first rounders, and that's in addition to all the ones that have already played in the HL uh, the past two seasons from that uh, draft class. So um, it it shows that uh, NHL teams more and more are finding every way they can, if possible, to get their players to the AHL as quickly as possible. If they're certainly not ready for the NHL uh, and everything that brings, um, if you can get them into the AHL, at least you do two things. You, you expose them to high, high-level pro competition. And you also have day, you know, day in and day out uh, opportunity to train with them um, and kind of put them under your, your wing, your system. Whereas if you send them off to junior, well, they're playing for somebody else who you know, may or may not have your priorities in mind, right? Well, that's true, yeah. Um, you know, or if you send them off to Europe, the same thing, right? Uh, so if, if the sooner that you can get them into your fold and um, have them working for you, um, I think the better. And, you know, this, uh, so you, you, you brought up Nemitz. Uh, I've gone back 30 or so years at, you know, so far in my research. Um, the highest player ever picked in an NHL draft at 18 to start in the AHL. Um, there was James Van Riemsdyk, uh, what was that, in 2008, who came up at the end uh, of that season, but he, at that point, was 19. So there's never been a player until Nimitz that has started in the AHL this soon after being a first-round pick. Being the second overall pick. Being the second overall pick. <laughs> and then, 
like you said with Slorkowski, he could end up in Laval. So, you know, yeah. it's a, a decent possibility you could have one, two in the draft playing the American Hockey League this year, which I think is a fantastic um, feather in the cap uh, for leading. Really, uh, I think goes to show just uh, A, where the level of talent is, because you're not sending those players to the AHL if the talent level around them is not sufficient. That's, yes. And just also just a, uh, I think it's a, it's a nod to, to the work that gets done down here and um, the level of uh, development that they NHL teams believe um, can get done. And I mean, obviously we're talking, you know, anybody in the first round is those are the most precious prospects they have. And so the fact that they're willing to um, put them in the AHL, I think really speaks highly of, of, of what they're doing down here. And as you said, you know, going to an NHL game is not always the most affordable thing for families mm-hmm. uh, these days. But going to an AHL game might be in in their purview. And if you're able to get to an AHL game, I mean, we've we've talked about this for years uh, that, you know, AHL is tremendous hockey to watch. It's affordable for the family. Most AHL teams really cater to families uh, for for in-game production and 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 the whole experience. Um, But the added reason to to be able to to get to an AHL game is is. You know, yes, you're going and you're seeing the prospects for for your favorite team or your local team, but you're now really starting to see a lot of the league's top prospects uh, for a very affordable price, up close and personal, uh, and it just I think will help bolster uh, NHL fandom as well as AHL fandom, and I think it's a win. It's a win all around. It's a win for the prospects. It's a win for the NHL teams. It's a win for the AHL. It's a win for AHL fans. Um, I think it's just. Uh, if we see more of that start to happen, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, and I think the the HL like the sweet spot for the HL is when you can have those high end first second round picks um, blended in with your high end veteran guys, mm-hmm. and you know, like that that's the HL that's very best, and I think that's um, where you've seen it the last couple of years, especially uh, I think that twenty twenty one season really opened up a lot of eyes to the benefit of um, having young players, even at age 18, play right. in the AHL. Yep. There was, a, I remember there was a lot of resistance um, before that. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty rare to do that. Philip Heedle came through um, with the Rangers in Hartford. Uh, there was Zadina, there was Cider, but for the most part, it was not something that teams did um, very often. And I think seeing them, having the opportunity to see them play that half season in the AHL back during the pandemic year um, really opened up a lot of eyes in terms of, uh, well, I think maybe these kids can handle this. Um, I think yeah, players now, obviously it's, it's, it's well known how much better prepared they are um, at a younger age than they used to be. Um, so I, I do think they're able to handle the AHL um, level a lot better than maybe they could have 10 years ago, for example. So, um, you saw that, uh, you know, like Seth Jarvis played that season in the AHL. Uh, Quentin Byfield played in the AHL that year. Um, yeah, so there, so the, that, I think, kind of... Uh, that kind of broke a little bit of that uh, old style of thinking. And then, obviously, last season, uh, you saw a little bit more of it. Now, this year, I mean, like, to see a second overall pick is just pretty wild. I mean, Byfield was the second overall pick, but there's a little bit of an asterisk next to his... His name for that, you know, with uh, the pandemic season because, uh, you know, players are allowed. But for a player to just straight up 
be an 18-year-old second overall pick in the AHL. Um, pretty significant. It's, it's pretty significant. And I'll say, I saw Nemitz play opening night. Um, anybody that thinks a, a player like that's going to necessarily come in and dominate, I think would uh, they'd be mistaken. Well, yeah. Uh, you're playing pros. You're playing, uh, um, obviously, men. And uh, there's a Smaller lot. Smaller ice. I, I yeah. a good chat with Kevin Denis, the head coach of, of the Utica Comets. And obviously, eh, anything he has to say, I, I, I listen. There's a guy who played 19 years in the NHL. He knows a thing or two about, <laughs> um, about hockey. And he's been in coaching now for better part of almost 20 years. So, um, you know, his, his whole thing is the line he has is the AHL will humble you. Right. And not that, yeah. not that Nimitz needs to be humbled, but just as a general rule, there are players I think that come into this league thinking, well, this is just going to be a stopover for a week or two. And right. then they come it in. Brings like, you back down to earth. Whoa. Uh, maybe I'm not ready for this league even, you know, <laughs> never mind the NHL. There, there's a lot of work to get done. And I, I spoke with Ed Edvinson um, this weekend after his, uh, after his first game with Grand Rapids. And um, for me, that was, um, I couldn't believe I was speaking to a 19 year old in the, in the sense of um, the words he was saying. Hmm. And I don't know if uh, Steve Eiserman and Sean Horkoff did a really good uh, sell job on him or if, uh, you know, he truly believes I, I tend to lean toward the latter, but um, his whole uh, viewpoint, Edvinson that is, um, was that, um, if it takes a longer time to go up there, that's how it is. Uh, that's how it's supposed to be. Um, he wants to develop more. He, he, the words he used was, I don't want to survive in the NHL. When I get there, I want to be you know, ready to, to, to really be my best. Right. Mm -hmm. And he bought into the, and he's 19, but, um, played two years in, uh, you know, he's part of the Forlunda system, obviously one of the top, uh, European programs there is. Mm -hmm. I was really impressed by that though, because you know, you know how it is when you're 19, 20 years old, you want to be where you want to be right then and there. Right. And, right. Uh, you know, patience is not always no. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> very strong thin. for players at that age. And uh, the fact that he had such a mature um, uh, kind of long-term uh, viewpoint of, of why he's in Grand Rapids, um, I think really spoke well, uh, both to him and also to the operation that, that the Red Wings run there. And, uh, you know, and again, it comes down to um, when you, and I've said this with Tampa, for example, like when players can look and they, they, they see the players that came before them went down that same path and got to the NHL, that, that, that really helps sell the message. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a young defenseman like, like Edmondson, all you got to do is look back three years, you know, Moritz Sider played there. That's right. He was, played as an 18 year old in, in Grand Rapids, played the whole season there too. Did not, uh, at, you know, was not called up. Um, and two years later, um, is the uh, Calder winner as the uh, rookie of the year in the NHL. So mm -hmm. um, that speaks well to, to, to that whole development uh, approach. And uh, you know, the head coach there, Ben Simon said, you know, I think he kind of, uh, he wanted to take a little bit of a, you know, a, a, an on, or, or, you know, he wanted to, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, wanted to come out for a little bit of a, a um, you know, a round of applause. Oh, the there audience. you go. <laughs> or, you know, for the, he said like, you know, we have confidence now that we know how to bring these young players along. We had uh cider, we had Zadina. So, um, you know, we feel confident that we can uh, 
give a young player like Edmondson, six overall pick, mind you, mm-hmm. it's actually what he needs to get to Detroit and stay in Detroit. That, that's the goal. That's you know, the like, key. The worst thing you can do is, is rush a player and then you're yanking them back and forth and um, you know their confidence, uh, that's where the confidence problems start to come in. So I really like what they're doing in Detroit with Grand Rapids. Uh, and I, we were talking off the air, but... Uh, you know, it reminds me a lot of what Steve Eiserman did with Syracuse and Tampa about 10 years ago. And Very similar. A lot of that ground groundwork. And, you know, you, you could see down the road how it, it could definitely pay off. Tampa's got a couple of those uh, glistening Stanley Cups since then. So uh, yes. we'll, we'll see if that's in the future for Detroit as well. Uh, Patrick, thank you very much. It was an exciting opening weekend uh, around the AHL and uh, lots more on tap this coming week. I uh, can't wait to have you back again on the show next Monday uh, to talk about the new things going on uh, that happen this week. If you are not following him already on Twitter, shame on you. Uh, you can find Patrick at P Williams AHL. And uh, as always, we're glad to have you each and every week this year uh, for the hot stove segment uh, on the press zone. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Well, thank you. And it's always, always a pleasure. Patrick Williams, always a wealth of information for us. Uh, we thank him again for joining us every week here for the AHL Hot Stove. We're so glad to, and and fortunate to have him as a contributor here at Rocket Sports Media. Uh, and lots of great information there. You know, it, it is really exciting to see uh, so many top prospects. I mean, the AHL has has been a development league for a very long time, and you can see some very, very promising prospects uh, in the American Hockey League. But to see such big names uh, continuing their development or starting their pro development in the AHL is very exciting, uh, and uh, we look forward to continuing to keep an eye on that. Um, that's going to just about wrap it up for us this week. Just a couple of things. Don't forget to subscribe not only to this podcast, but also to to our flagship Montreal Canadiens focused podcast called Canadians Connection that's hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella every Saturday. If you haven't subscribed to that, I highly recommend you do so. They have some great topics of conversation, lots of analysis. It's all about just the Montreal Canadiens, the NHL franchise. Uh, and you can find that at canadiansconnection.fm bookmark allhabs.net where you'll find uh, weekly Habs news articles, you'll find Habs feature articles as well as game day previews and game day recaps Uh, lots of great information you want to be checking that each and every day and of course if you also like to watch your content about the Montreal Canadiens, then I invite you to head over to youtube.com slash allhabs, that is the that is our Rocket Sports uh, YouTube channel. Hit subscribe, hit the notification bell, and watch out for every Thursday a new episode of uh, a weekly show I host there called Habs Hockey Report, where we talk about the Habs, we talk about the Rocket, and we do lots and lots of fan interaction. So we don't want you to miss a minute. We want to be the place and the source for all of your Montreal Canadiens, Laval Rocket, and Habs prospects news here at Rocket Sports Media. So I thank you, as always, for joining me. For for another episode of the Press Zone, and I look forward to seeing you back here next Tuesday after uh, after a fun three games that the Laval Rocket are about to play. We'll talk all about it next week right here on the Press Zone Podcast, part of Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.